All right, so today we have Fabio Laub, and he is a phenomenal photographer from Brazil, correct? Brazil. I would like to boldly say probably the best. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> from what I've, from what the research we've we've seen and and uh, different things like that, you're a you're a phenomenal wedding photographer there in Brazil, highly sought after. So today, um, actually, I met Fabio here at Apex this week. Um, he's been cooking for us. Uh, has been doing a phenomenal job. I think that's another side passion that you've pursued yes. over the past couple, maybe couple months, years. Yeah, couple of years. Couple of years. It started in 2013 to get more serious, and now it's. Uh, it's a serious hobby, okay. I would say. Awesome. Awesome. And then once again, I have Ashesh here, one of the uh, the guys here at Apex, just co-hosting on the podcast uh, in place of Ashley since she's not here. So it would be fun. Good friend to do all that. Um, all right, Fabio. So we'll jump into, um, tell us about your background. Tell us about uh, what you do, who you are, and then we'll roll into more of your story and stuff. Perfect. Well, um, I'm from Brazil, this amazing country in South America. And about 20 years ago, exactly 20 years ago, actually, in July 1997, uh, almost graduating from architectural college, university, actually, uh, something very funny happened and my brother got married and I had all the kinds of problems with the photographer, uh, including uh, almost fight between me the brother of the groom mm -hmm. and the photographer because were, they were very invasive were you shooting at that time no no i was okay. just studying architecture and i never thought of being a photographer before i was one of those kids that born and raised knowing what you're gonna be i always had blocks and building houses and architecture was my thing since i was born but then this guy crossed my way and and he was just standing there in front of me all the wedding and I couldn't see my brother get married. Mm. Well, eventually this almost uh, turned into a fight <laughs> at the church. <laughs> I was uh, I was a, a, a dumb uh, adolescent, uh, a young man, reckless young man. And after, after all the party and everything that happened, um, my brother called me and said, look, dude, we, we finally have the album and come in, come and have lunch with us to see the album. Yeah. Then when I went to see the album, in my opinion, that was not the same wedding I was. I was in a very uh, emotional and personal wedding. I was uh, in place of my father. My father died when I was a kid mm. and I don't see any of these in the photos. So I came to a decision of uh, the day I get the day I get married, I will not have a photographer because mm. if it, this is photography, I don't care. I don't want this. Yeah. And but event uh, with time, this became a passion of mine, photography, mm -hmm. because architecture and photography are very connected. And then my friends started to get married, and I started to offer myself to take some pictures not as the official photographer i just wanted to make one good picture and give them like a poster or something and one thing leads to another and 20 years later here i am 2100 weddings in the curriculum that's a big big number how many oh, weddings 2136 i believe oh my and how many years yeah, 20 
<laughs> that's 100 weddings a year, Fabio. Yes, yes. That's an average of 100 weddings. I mean, not all of them were, were shot by myself. Mm -hmm. uh, I On the peak of my, my business in 2011, we did 156 weddings in one year. Uh, me and two other photographers. So I was the first photographer. If I was booked, then the brides will book the second shooter, which was Fulvio, very good guy. If he was booked as well, they will hire Roberto, which was the third photographer. So there was some weekends that the three of, three of us were shooting different weddings at the same time. Wow. But I, me, myself, I was present in 93 weddings in 2011. Wow. Yeah, it's a How period. did you have the strength to do it? I don't know. I really <laughs> don't know. The price was high, though, because yeah. my body felt it. Mm -hmm. My family felt it. Everybody felt it. Because in Brazil, we don't have wedding seasons. So we have weddings all year long. Uh, we skip carnival, because in Brazil, obviously, mm -hmm. carnival yeah. is very important. We skip Christmas, we skip uh, Easter maybe, and the Day of the Dead. But beside that, uh, weddings all over the place. There were three times in my career that I did three weddings, five weddings in the same week. Oh, I'll say Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday morning, and Saturday night. And I came to a point that I will leave the wedding on Friday night go straight to the, to the wedding on Saturday morning uh, and sleep in the car with the clothes, with the suit on. Because if I will go home and take a shower and sleep, You're not gonna I will wake not up. wake up. <laughs> so I will go straight from one to the other. I made a lot of money. I made a lot of fame. I made everything, like, like he said, probably the most uh, successful business in the country, but the price was was high. Wow, so most of these years uh, were you married during that time? Yes. Wow. Yes, I, I met Monica, my wife, in 2003. Mm -hmm. Obviously, in a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> she was the bridesmaid and I was a photographer because this is the only place I would hang out because <laughs> the other days I was dead. I was half dead. I yeah. mean. So I met Monica in 2003 and we got married in 2005 but we moved together in three months later and so we are together since then and we started to 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 come up with a different plan so she will she she came to an agreement with her boss so she would work at saturdays and she would not work at mondays so our weekend was mm -hmm. sunday and monday instead of being saturday and sunday mm -hmm. But I had weddings on Mondays as well, so sometimes wow. we will not see each other. And the price was high, we were never able to have kids until I changed everything. Right. Because I was working, 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 working I all the time. You were telling us in the kitchen uh, yesterday that you, uh, your wife, you, you know, I think you were leaving on a plane or going on a trip and she yeah. asked you uh, when this life change was happening. Yes. Um, you know how many weekends you guys spend together? Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Uh, so let's we'll back up. Let's um, tell us a little bit more about how you reached the climax and why you walked away from all that. Yeah, and, and then we'll go into the 
in 2012, right after the best year of my business, mm -hmm. it was 2012 was gonna be even better. Mm -hmm. But then I found out in a regular checkup, a brain tumor. Oh man. Wow. About the size of a golf ball and it was pretty scary. Yeah. And just looking to the death, like right there, you see it, you see the line and everything. Uh, becomes very fuzzy at that moment so my doctor said uh, we have to we have to make surgery mm -hmm. and I said okay how we can do it tomorrow and he said no no this is not something like that happened like this you have to plan because I need three months wow <laughs> three months for for what for for recovery and everything because uh, messing up with the brain you lose uh, you, you may lose the ability to walk and to talk and to uh, build phrases and they don't know it's the brain it's a it's mystery in its own right it's a mystery you're yeah. messing with your human computer yeah. <laughs> it's it's like taking the hard drive off and yeah. the, the ship whatever so and then he said three months and I, I started <laughs> laughing because in my agenda, the next three months available were 2016. Oh my goodness. This was 2012. Because I had everything booked. Right. And there was no window of three wow. months. And he said, no, I cannot wait. This is now or now. Maybe I can wait. I can work on two months, but not three years. So finally I had to do everything. I had to call some brides and to try to make a, a move here and there and I finally got one month window and I did the surgery one month later I was shooting weddings again Wow! surgery was July the 4th 2012 August 18th 2012 I was shooting my first wedding back again back on business and but something had changed I felt everything, actually, actually not, not something, everything had changed. Uh, the way I, I would look to weddings had changed. I was very emotional and the first weddings, of course, seeing a father and a daughter and imagine, look, I don't have kids. Mm -hmm. Since then, I always said, you know, kids are gonna ruin my career. Don't, no kids. Oh. So, and now suddenly, wow. We want kids. Monica said, I want kids. And your, your, the, the surgery was a huge success. And so, and then I started a huge change. I started to say no to 95% of my clients. And I came to a number, a cap of 12 weddings a year. That's my, that was my goal. One a month. That's it. Because the other three months, I would want to be with her, with them, with mm -hmm. my family. My mother is getting old. My brother is moving from country to country. He's the typical corporate guy. Mm -hmm. And then I started a huge, huge change. And I started to say, no, 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 no. So, and then Monica got pregnant. And that really changed everything. Mm. Is that when you guys had that conversation? Yes. About the weekends? And then I said, let's move. 
Let's ah. move away from Brazil. Let's move to US. Let's have a year sabbatical off, a sabbatical year off. And then when we are in the airplane, right. thanks for reminding yeah. me because I got lost <laughs> on, the, on the conversation. Uh, she asked me, I'm really glad you're doing this. I'm, and what was it that you were going to do? I was going to come to US to learn how to cook. So from, from photography, yes. being a master at that, 90 yes. something plus weddings a year, 100 plus a year. Down to 16. Down to 16, tw between 12 and 16. 12, and 16. 12 at the minimum to survive. Right. 16 at the most to, you know, to, to survive as well. Yeah. <laughs> to then go to cooking. Yeah, but cooking was just a sabbatical, just something okay. that I would, it was the first time that I would spend time for me mm -hmm. in 20 years, you know, to build something that I, that I like. Right. So I, I, I tried Le Cordon Bleu, the French culinary school. Mm -hmm. I passed the tests. That is and amazing. Here I am coming to the US and sitting on an airplane. Me, Monica, and Clara with four months old baby on the crib on the airplane. And Monica grabs my hand and say, you know, I'm really glad you're doing this because I don't think you realize how 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 crazy your life was. And I said, no, yeah, I do. And she said, no, you don't. And I said, okay okay how how long do we know each other and and i said 10 years because we met 2003 this was 2013 and she said how many weekends let's not count carnival and stuff sure. do you think we were together like the full weekend right friday saturday and sunday and i did a quick count and i said well okay let's a hundred and she said, no, nah. and she started <laughs> laughing like, like hell. And the airplane looked and, you know, those kind of things. <laughs> and then uh, she says, no, it was less than that. And I said, okay, 80. And she said, no. And I said, oh, baby, come on. It cannot be less than 60. 10 years. Yeah. And she said, yeah, it's way, way less than 60. You were at home full weekend, nine weekends since I know you. Wow. Nine nine weekends in 10 years and that was it in the first year the sabbatical year which was 2014 mm -hmm. i spent more weekends with her than i have been since then wow so in 2014 i went to brazil 16 times to fulfill the contracts that i already had right 2015 again 14 times and this is actually the first year that I really, really am looking to enjoy like all the weekends with them right. and maybe wow. mostly of the weekends. So how did that change your guys' marriage and relationship? Finally having time, spending more time weekends and stuff versus, you know, times before that? Uh, changed everything. Basically, yeah. the marriage started right there because before that we were companions, Right, I would say. She will be there when I was sleeping. She will be awake doing her stuff. When she was awake, when she was sleeping, I was awake. Mm -hmm. And you cannot call this a marriage, right? right. Mm -hmm. This was just uh, companions. We were companions. And um, the real marriage started, I think, on right there on the airplane when she asked me that question. And now I see the, the amazing woman that she was. Mm -hmm. Uh, the power that she had uh, even though I am the famous guy right. pff, I'm nothing comparing to her because yeah. she was the strength behind it you know for me it's easy mm -hmm. just go out shoot be the guy come back money on the pocket 
she will handle all the stuff she will handle all the the marriage by herself right and she deserves better right i know the, the thing about your story that really captivated me was in line with our vision the unconventional um your peers at the time other photographers in the industry when you decided to just make this huge shift i mean what, what were some of the outside things that kind of hit you from these other people um um well say it again because i, I got so did confused you get, did you get a lot of feedback from other peers yes. that like what are you doing like why are you you're, yeah. at the, you're at the climax of everything and you're, you're throwing it all away or you're doing all this yeah. stuff how did that feel did you uh, have doubts i have i have all these feedbacks especially the one you're crazy yeah and they said everybody wants to be you right and everybody wants to be where you are and i never felt so sane is that the right word so so lucid so clear it yeah. was very clear mm. to me that you know this this is my best time ever you want that spot take it no i i don't care it's it's open uh i would tell them I, I was never that happy before I, and they would say no come on you're crazy it's hard to understand right mm -hmm. and my answer oh, always was i wish you knew what i know now mm -hmm. without having to have a brain tumor to know that mm -hmm. because um it's clear but sometimes you don't see it right it's perfectly clear it's so clear <laughs> that you pass through and the the downs the, the the downs of it was you know the money of course sure. i was living the life you know sports car whatever right. and whatever i wanted uh the money is it's 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 bad but i'm much happier now that's good with all with everything i have now with time and i don't think people realize the value of time right yeah, I've I've really dove into that here the past couple of weeks, realizing that with my full time job, I spend a lot of time, ten hours of my day driving to work, working, mm -hmm. coming back home, and then by the time you're getting home, by the time I'm getting home, wanting to do something with our three kids, it's almost like I've got these other things to do. I got a side business with the wife, and we're trying to do this, and I want to spend time with my children, but at the same time, I have other responsibilities I got to do as well. So it's like this juggle within five hours before I got to go to bed to wake back up again to go do another work day of what is important. And I finally realized here like the past two weeks, like I need to really shift and be intentional about what I want to do for the rest of this year and the rest of my life. Do I want to spend more time with my family and do things before it gets crazy and they grow up and they get married and they're gone and I look back and regret going, man, I could have made that jump and just did it and quit my day job and, and pursued these other things that we had. Um, and so that's something that's really dropped in my head. Like yes. that's that's something I want to do. So we're trying to figure it out. But it's that fear, you know, that income fear, the medical fear that is kind of hiding in my in the back of my head. But yeah, and something happened because we as men, even though the society has changed a lot, and you know, there's no, it's not that strong anymore. The the roles of men and women, we right. we have this in our DNA, you know, to provide. Yeah. And and my biggest fear was, will I be able to provide mm -hmm. with this with this decision? And what I realized, and and I really wish you could realize that, is that 
there is other things to provide rather than money right wow and so providing money it's easy we know how to do it yeah. we go out you work hard we bring money yeah right yeah that's it that's the that's the deal yeah but what do you use the money for so i would use the money to pay clara ballet classes Or I would use money to pay her to learn how to swim mm -hmm. or to pay a driver because in Brazil you have to have a driver because the traffic is terrific and you, it's horrible. You cannot mm -hmm. drive to you. So you, you, I would work to provide an armored car because Brazil is violent. Right. Mm -hmm. And right now I provide all these things without having these things. So I go with her to the swimming pool. Mm -hmm. I go with her to the park. I spent time with her. I brought her to U.S. to a safer life. Yeah. So there is other ways to provide besides money. That's awesome. Uh, there's other. I know. I know incredible people that live incredible life in boats, in tiny boats, and they fish and they provide food. Yeah. So there's a lot of ways to provide rather than money. Think about that. Yeah. That's that's the that's the deal. Yeah, I think uh, honestly, a big fear is just. You, you, we've gotten used to a certain lifestyle, you know, or, you know, we just bought a new house not too, uh, a few months ago. And it's, it's that fear. Like if I let go of this, could there be something that comes in and replaces the income or uh, fulfills that, those securities that we've been looking for that we need? I have a friend. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you, you're good. You're good. I have a very, very good friend that it's one of the most amazing family photographers I know. He goes to your house and spend 24 hours there. Regular day. No clothes, uh, special clothes, nothing. Right. He just go to your house and stays 24 hours shooting photos of your family. So this guy, this guy's name is Renato de Paula. He's a Brazilian. It's amazing, amazing, beautiful work. Beautiful to die for. And one day he he you uh, he and me were having a chat and he he said something that really caught my head. Mm -hmm. He said, "Fabio, your father died. You were nine, right? Right." And I said, "Right." Try to make a list of the ten most important gifts he he gave to you like let's say a buy uh, uh, material gifts and I thought and I thought and I said well he gave me an incredible bike I remember it was brown What's, what was the, the model and I don't remember well one, one time he gave me a watch a Mickey watch with the arms that right. <laughs> I couldn't find five gifts that he gave me to me that I could remember and then Hanat said okay now tell me precious moments that you had with him wow he taught me how to swim he taught me how to, to ride the bike he taught mm. me how to sail he taught me, and I couldn't stop talking wow so we don't remember things we remember moments experiences experiences uh, so I wish to, to give experiences to Clara and Marina my second bar uh, so there's no point on on working so hard to and not to be there yeah 
and uh, right now all my efforts are into being with them and being not just physically being all my all my heart and soul and, yeah. and mind and what's the point of uh, shooting and photographing everybody else's happiness if you don't have yours mm -hmm. wow that's powerful right and now I find I found mine yeah with them wow with the new life I have that's amazing 16 weddings a year there no you more. go <laughs> I love it uh, Shashi, you were going to go into mentoring, right? Possibly? Yeah, no, I just, uh, Fabio, I mean, you have lived an incredible life so far. Um, yes. You know, you have reached the pinnacle uh, in your industry, in your country. Uh, you know, you've, you got the fame, you got the money. Uh, now, on the other side of it, you're enjoying this beautiful life with your family, your wife and your daughters. Uh, it's just amazing to uh, to to know your story. Um, I'm curious as to were you able to do this by yourself, or were there people in your life that spoke into you yes. and that that kind of guided you? And yes, there was some key people on this change. Um, uh, th there is a guy on let's 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 try to divide this in two ways okay mm -hmm. the personal life mm -hmm. and the professional life mm -hmm. on the personal life I have some friends amazing friends that you only know when you uh, when you're down you know because it's easy to have friends when you're the guy right right and not saying that I'm down but when you're when you said you know I'm out I'm, I'm not playing this game anymore so some friends just disappear and I have some amazing friends and some mentors spiritual mentors that help me a lot a lot there is a Buddhist um, uh, personality in Brazil that had helped me a lot I have friends I have incredible uh, brother my brother has been such an inspiration to me and it's funny because I spent six years without talking to him mm -hmm. at all because we fought on material things, you know. But now me and my brother are very, very close and he gives me, he's older and he gives me a lot of uh, insights. And I have two uncles. Uh, one is uh, my father's brother and the other one is married to my mother's sister that helped me a lot in the father figure way. Mm -hmm. And they, they showed me the importance of family and importance of... Uh, of your kids and stuff so spirit spiritual and and family this was uh, the way and in photography uh, at that moment I felt very lost because before that I didn't have time to go back to my work and look I was so busy doing the next one the next wedding that this week's wedding that I would not look to the last, last week wedding. Mm. I would just, you know, download the cards. I, I would not download the cards. Somebody in my office would do. <laughs> 20 people working there. Oh, wow. And so the girls would do it. The girls would treat the photos. The girls would select the photos. The girl would do the cut. The girl would deliver everything. You just go and shoot? Just shoot. Wow. Shoot and sell and shoot and deal with the, you know, important things. And I remember one day one bride walking out of the office with her album in hands and, she, and I said, 
wow is her album ready and my my manager said yeah it's ready I didn't see it and she said well I think the last album you've seen was a year ago so, wow and then I found this when I decided to to downsize that much mm -hmm. 10% of what I had before um, I had time to look into my work and when I looked like really looked it was crap Um, everybody says not crap but for for me it was crap I felt like I was in the same point that comfort zone that everybody talks about I was there it was successful and that is it but then I started to read to have time to read to have time to watch movies like uh, Finding Vivian Meyer I don't know if you've seen it or something like that And I looked into my work, I revisited my work, and I said, this is, this is crap. I'm such a phony. It's, wow. it's not good. It's not good. And I, and I really seriously thought about quitting for good. Like, I don't want to photograph never again, because this is, this is crap. And then this guy came in. Uh, his name is Lauro Maeda. He's the best photographer I know in Brazil. Talented as hell. In my opinion, one of the five best photographers in the world. You should visit his work, lauromaeda.com.br. And Greg Gibson was another important guy in my life that showed me a lot of uh, things. Jeffrey Woods, which yeah. puts yeah. this thing together. And so I, I am pretty lucky to have amazing photographers near me that that would really criticize my work uh, and this is thing uh, this is one thing that I find really sad is that the young photographers they are not open to criticism mm. you criticize their work not in a harmful way you're trying to help them build right their work and they say ah, this old guy or something like that then mm -hmm. I'm good my mother say my work is amazing okay <laughs> okay 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 but when a guy that you admire when a guy that is it's like in 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 a very very far away place from you look to your work and say you know fabio this is not good you should change this why you're doing this and starts to to go deeper mm -hmm. that's when the game starts to become interesting mm. And I'm pretty lucky to have these mentors. And I really think, really, really encourage every, everybody to have a mentor. If not one, more. People that will criticize and help you and show you your rights and wrongs and show you what, what is wrong and what you should change and everything. And listen. I read once one phrase that I was really impressed about it. I, I saw a lot of uh, uh, workshops about speech, mm. right? There's a lot of wor workshops on speech. Public right? speaking. Public speaking, mm. whatever. I never saw a workshop on hearing. Hmm. Never. Have you ever seen a workshop? I, I haven't, no. I, I'm like... How to hear. How to hear. It's, how, to, how to listen. How to Interesting listen. thought. Never. Yeah. And we have to learn how to hear. And I was not ready to hear until then. And now I'm all years right. 
All I want is to hear what people have to say about me, about my work, about my photography, about yeah. uh, how do I use light, how do I chase images. And, and these guys have been amazing, amazing in my life. Jerry, Lauro, Joe Buisink, uh, Nacho Moran, a guy from Spain, Sergi Escriva, another, another guy from Spain. Recently, a guy touched me in a very profound way, of a portrait of a portrait photographer from Mexico called Luis Garvan. Mm -hmm. He's, wow, I, I, I can even imagine if one day I will reach his level. Mm. Oof. I will be very happy. <laughs> and this guy has been such a mentor to me as well. That's awesome. It almost sounds like you finally came to a place in your journey of vulnerability where you allowed that to really shape you and change you. Totally. And let the pride down, let the ego down. Totally. And finally just said, you know what, I need somebody to help. Yeah, and I, and I got to say this once again. This is when the game starts. Yeah. It's when you're, you're open to you're vulnerable yeah this is when the real real game of life starts but fabio according to the society that's uh, that's not being a man right i don't care <laughs> <laughs> i really don't care what uh, the, being vulnerable being I, open that's well, a girly thing to do right yeah <laughs> but working with weddings that's not a manly thing i hear this since i was right. since i started yeah you know i i really don't care yeah. Really well, from care. what you're saying, it, being a man is about vulnerability. It's about letting your ego go. Is about being there and showing up for your family. Especially and, a grown man. Yeah. Because you can be a man in a junior way and be the macho and be the mm -hmm. tough guy. You know. Right. Let's let's let's, let's face this. This is easy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, perform. It's easy. You just have to wake up and get up and work. Uh, being able to cry and to look into to your friend's eyes or your wife and say, you know, I need help. I don't want this. Can you help me? Can you help me uh, making my photography better? Can you help me make being a better man? Mom, and I call my mom several times, mom, help me, help me, really, really. Wow. But you have to listen. Mm-hmm to what they they have to say you know and my wife monica is the most impressive girl in this subject because she she she's a psychologist and i don't think she uses psychology against <laughs> me but she knows how to deal with this you yeah know? and um i'm gonna tell something very personal very personal um no problem. <laughs> I don't know if the audience Ding. heard that. It's Jeff. How much longer are you going to be a Fabio? <laughs> and, well, tell, tell them to cook. <laughs> I'll text them now and say, yeah. hey, Fabio says they can cook. Yeah, you can cook. Yeah. And uh, my father, he killed himself. Mm. Not a lot of people know that, but now the world is going to know that, right? My father killed himself. And, you know, there was a lot of times in my life that I came to a very similar place. I never thought about killing myself, mm -hmm. but you know, I now today I understand what made him do it. I would not do it. I don't think about doing. Mm -hmm. I I think it's absurd doing this. Yeah, but I understand 
what happens to a man to be in that place that going this way is better than staying here and when I ask when I show vulnerability Mm -hmm. what I'm asking is help me I want to stay I want to be a better dad I want to be a better photographer I want to be a better person I want to be there is one quote that I love that I think it really really synthesizes the moment uh, that I'm going through I don't want to be known I want to be somebody that is worth knowing Mm. that makes sense absolutely I mean just our, our brief conversation we had a few days ago and even now I'm like even more fascinated to know who you are as a man in your journey versus Thank you. your photography. I mean, I'd rather get to know you cause I want to learn. I want to, I don't want to go around the mountain again. You know, I want to be able to say, Hey, Fabio taught me this and okay. I can take this information and make my life better. I will gladly do it. Yeah. Gladly. So I don't want to be known. I want to be somebody that is worth knowing. That's it. It's amazing to be better. Oh. It, thank you go, for I'm sharing a, your I'm, personal story I'm halfway in Brazil we love soccer right yeah and soccer is 90 minutes mm-hmm. divided in two 45. 45 minutes I'm 45 years old oh I have to start l- looking forward and not back because all I have is the second half and I want to ha- and I want to make it good yeah that's incredible mindset yeah that's awesome all right, Jeff is hitting me up. He wants <laughs> you to get out there and cook. We'll have to um, we'll have to connect definitely. Um, once you move back, we'll we'll stay in touch. We'll do something again in the future. Uh, I don't know. This is well, awesome. This now is, I live in Atlanta. Yeah, very everything close. very close, and don't want to go back to Brazil. Well, not lived in Brazil, but right. I'm here. All right, and I will be very glad to talk to you again. We'll get it online. was a pleasure. Yeah, this has been awesome. Thank any, you. Any so uh, any last words for our you know just a because uh, I think most of the audience that will be listening to this podcast would be the photographers and uh, they're probably tuning in to figure out you know what's so what, unconventional right <sighs> there's something that I always say to my I have a lot of students I am a coach uh, for especially in the business area for photographers and they and there is a key word that I always say it's the perception of value Uh, If your client have the perception of value correct about you and your work, you're done for life. You're gonna do good. If it's 16, 50, 25, 90, 100 weddings, doesn't matter. As long as your client understand and have the correct perception of value about your work. I can talk more about this perception of value concept on we'll a, do another, on another day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's basically it's your client leaving your office or a conversation with you, right. understanding that you are the only guy possible for them uh, for their wedding or something like that. Um, and it's not about the money. Wow. That's great it. i don't know if it was no, clear that was, no. that was perfect uh, that was perfect thank you for sharing <laughs> your story and thank you for sharing with us the wisdom uh that uh, you know you're not letting your experiences go to waste now yeah uh, we're learning a lot a from it 
Yeah. I'm a kind of a quiet guy sometimes, <laughs> but uh, uh, I'm open to... Well, you speak volumes in your quietness. Yes. yes. Yeah, you do. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me yeah, here. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Sorry about the English mistakes. No, it's, it's perfect. It's not my first language. It's actually my third. You speak better English than uh, a lot of people who have English as their first right. language. So. Well, that's <laughs> yes. good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. Excellent. Yes. So, thank you. And um, until next time. Thank you. Yep. All right, so Fabio, I forgot to ask, how can people find you on the internet? All right, uh, I don't do Facebook, even though I'm there. Uh-huh. I Probably you will send me a message today, I will see it in a year. Yeah. <laughs> the best way is uh, info at fabiolaub.com. That's uh, L-A-U-B.com, okay. or the Instagram, Fabio Laub. Right. Yeah, that's it. I was thinking about the dot, but no. no. Fabio Laub. Instagram and email is the best way. And if they want to reach me by phone, that's okay. Okay. 404-395-5405. Nice. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. All right.